Hello, welcome back. Thousand hand slap. I'm Joel Pierce. This is the daily version. We're on day three of the daily version. I can't believe it either. Uh, this one's coming in a bit later because I said I'd do it when I first woke up, and I woke up at 1 p.m. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I had 11 hours sleep, and I feel as good as if I had two hours sleep. Ain't that about a bitch. I don't know. Sleep's never been a uh, big proponent of mine. I uh, have not slept properly, I don't think, since I was about 15 years old. Um, you know, if you want to be a psychologist, you could tie it to a traumatic event. But uh, you're not. You're a fucking idiot listening to another fucking idiot talk shit. So... Let's just stick with the sleep thing. Yeah, haven't slept much. Uh, started about 15, moved to the city when I was 17 um, and was working a, a late-night job as well as going to uh, film school at the, at the Victorian College of the Arts, now a part of Melbourne Uni, but this was before it was a part of Melbourne Uni, um, back in 2002. Um, but yeah, I would uh, go to film school in the daytime slash early evening, um, pretty long days, and then I would go home, I'd have a shower, I'd go work at Coles, packet shelves from midnight till eight, and then I'd go home and I'd have a shower and I'd go back to school. And I did that shit for for the fucking whole first year of uh, working at Coles. Um, and it, it's like, yeah, it was like a perpetual fucking loop. Um, I did get sleep here and there, I'm sure, I'm sure I had to, or I'd probably be dead sleeps crucial or something i don't know hasn't seemed so much to me uh i um i'm a creature of creature of the night i like being awake uh during while everyone else is asleep i like dark i like cold i think i might be a cockroach i don't know not a cockroach we're not turning this into fucking franz kafka's metamorphosis i'm not and I repeat, I am not having an existential fucking crisis. I know exactly what's going on in my life. I haven't left my family and started a career in the arts. That's on a midlife crisis. Uh, also, I'm no, actually, I'm probably already past halfway how old I'll fucking live to. So, I mean, that's a bit defeatist, but who gives a shit? This isn't funny. This is just me talking about sleep and death. Next on the thousand hand slap, taxes. Um, paid mine, did mine on Christmas. <coughs> solid choice do your taxes Christmas day get it out of the way for uh, the next two years you're not going to do it I don't know uh, had a good night last night hosting uh, Red Betty in uh, Brunswick I guess it is Coburg fuck if I know Sydney Road near Moreland I guess that's Coburg it's Coburg in my books but maybe we'll call it Brunswick uh, nice audience we had a, a, a group of about 10 come in a bunch of Kiwis and a couple of Germans uh, congratulated the Germans uh, on not starting World War III. Uh, who would have thought it that it was going to be the Russians? Uh, I mean, I had my money on China, but you know, if you go with the uh, statistics, one, two, it would make sense three for uh, Germany to finish the fucking uh, trilogy. But no, apparently they're not interested, and uh, they gave me the Basil faulty. Don't talk about the war. Fair enough. I will not talk about the war. You, you uh, young people who probably have Nazis as grandparents. Yes, I'm an awful fucking person. I'd, I find hosting really difficult. 
because I don't uh, want to be nice to the audience. And uh, doing crowd work usually ends devolves into me just making fun of them and them feeling upset and then being like, and your next act. So I don't know, maybe I'll get better at it. Maybe I won't. Having all that time on stage is, is the fun part of hosting, getting to be up every other four minutes is is interesting and uh, helps grow your skill set, I believe. So that's why I do it. Um, and sometimes it pays. So not many other comedy do- jobs do. So fuck yeah, let's uh, let's get a free beer. Let's get a, a, a small amount of money or maybe even a tequila shot with the owner at the end of the night. Who cares? Any uh, any any pat on the back for a job well done is 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 good, and uh, if you pat yourself on the back hard enough, it sounds like a- applause. So try that, uh, shit comedians. If uh, no one's enjoying your shit, um, pat yourself on the back for having a go, and if you do it quick enough and fast enough, it will sound like applause, and maybe it'll boost your uh, your ego a little bit and do some wonders for your self confidence. I hope it doesn't. I hope you all quit. Um, that's my advice to all new comedians. I gave it to two guys who were trying it out for the first time last night. They were like, "What? What do you? What would you do?" And I'd be like, "I'd quit now." Um, that's what that, I believe. That's the advice every comedian should give any comedian that is uh, either asking how to start out or if they th- think they should give up. Just tell them, "Yeah, give up, give up now," because that's just one less bum in the shower, uh, so to speak, and that that fucking shit helps. Footy starts today. Usually we'd have uh, the Ida Kick That podcast out with Alessio Carducci on a Wednesday. Uh, we've decided to do the podcast uh, kind of retrospectively this year in a, in a, in a change of events and scheduling. Uh, we'll discuss the week that was. Kind of like the Sunday footy show, I guess. We'll be, it's the week that was. This is all the stuff that has happened in the last week in Australian rules football. Tune in to Ida Kick That and you'll hear some of the fucked up this... Fucked up is that's right. That's what they wrote down on this cue card. I think one of them might be illiterate. Uh, yeah, I'd kick that. I'm looking forward to footy starting. Um, I think Geelong plays Saturday, so I'll put that on the television and uh, watch the fuck out of it. Uh, yay, footy's back. Um, but yeah, so I'd kick that's will be coming back. People actually listen to those, so that's nice. Uh, it'd be nice to do a podcast people listen to. Um, as opposed to whatever the fuck this is, just talking strangely into a microphone. Um, I was talking to a young comic uh, last night about uh, the bread and butter of if you're a a young man, an old man, whatever kind of man you are, if you want to have frequent casual sex with different partners, single mums are the best bet. Uh, I've had this backed up by a a professional in the field, uh, 25 years experience, uh, Mr. BS, no BS. That's what I, that's all I'll say. He fucking told me. Twenty five years. That's him. That's all him and his mates did. That was that was the target demographic, and they fucking smashed it out. Um, an old mate was trying to tell me, you know, well, isn't it weird, and kids? And I'm like, well, the only time it gets weird, you need to make a choice within yourself. You need to decide whether or not you're the kind of motherfucker I am, or if you're you're a different kind of motherfucker. Now, if the kids, uh, uh, you know, under ten, you just be nice to the kids. You know, 
you just, you know, hey, going, oh, you, yeah, no, mummy's friend, oh, I slept on the couch. I don't know why mummy was making so much noise last night. She must have been having nightmares. Uh, that kind of thing. But on the odd occasion, you'll be sitting at the breakfast table waiting for uh, coffee or whatever have you, maybe some breakfast. Maybe you did a very good job and you're getting the fucking full continental breakfast. That doesn't happen. Uh, but sometimes you are at, at the breakfast table on the couch or whatever the next morning and the single mum will have a young teenage boy around the age of, let's say, 13 to 15. Now, they're fair game. They are, that's, that is prime, I'm gonna, this is, if you're the type of motherfucker I am, that is prime, fuck with a dude's mind. Like, fuck, I'm going to fuck this kid up this morning. Um, so I'll make eye contact with him, uh, follow him around the room, ask him questions, you know, oh, do, you like, uh, do you like footy, mate? <laughs> I don't ask if they like footy. I usually just stare them down and they get really fucking awkward because they know and I know that I fucked their mum. Um, and if they ever get slick, I can talk shit and there's nothing they can do. What are they going to do? Fight a fucking 37-year-old? Like, I mean, you're 15 and you're scrappy, I get it. But, mate, oof, I'll just hit you with a toaster and tell your mum you're a cunt. I don't care. I'm not coming back. Um, yeah, so anyway, he, he thought he found that amusing. That uh, but It's probably only ever happened to me realistically like four, four or five times in my life. Uh Younger kids more often, but no, the, the teenage boy uh, let's fuck with the teenager and make eye contact with him because he knows you fucked your mum, his mum. Look, I mean, I just imagine him going to school, like, this fucking guy, fucking sitting in my fucking thing, looks like a fucking half bikey, half fucking rap retard, and he's fucking sitting there fucking drinking my fucking Milo, he drank the last of the fucking Milo, and then he's like staring me down like, you know I fucked your mum, like, fuck, what the fuck is that, who is this cunt? Oh, Jaden, we should go bash him. Yeah, we should bash him, Jaden. Well, I don't think you could bash him. He's too much of a fucking hectic cunt. He fucking tried to hit me with a toaster when mum wasn't looking. I don't know about this cunt. That's that's kind of the thing I hope uh, is discussed in the, in, uh, I don't know, where the kids go at high school. Do you still go behind the shelter sheds and smoke ciggies? And finger blast chicks? That's what the back of the shelter shed's for. It's, it's, a, it's part one for leaning on to smoke on. The second part of it is for girls... Uh, to lean against while they get figured for the, for the first time by a a clumsy clumsy boy, uh, I think that's what the bike sheds were built for. Um, that's why they're so short all the time. I don't know. Anyway, um, whew, uh, what are we talking about today? We talked about sleep. We talked about finger banging behind the fucking. Actually, that's not really where the finger banging happened. I don't know. Let's talk about the first time I fingered a girl. Her name was Janelle. Uh, she worked at McDonald's and she was 18 and I was 15. Now, there's a run-up to the story of, of fingering Janelle. What happened was I was invited to a, a year 12 party when I was in uh, year, year 9 or maybe just going into year 10. My, uh, my basketball coach slash friend invited me to come to an older party and somehow I got granted uh, permission. And he, we went and it was a banging party. It was very typical of like 1997, you know, 98, whenever it was, 98, 99 maybe, maybe 98. Um, you know, there was corn playing, a bit of Limp biscuit probably in the mix at that point. Uh, all, the, all the general 2000s, early, late 90s shit. 
Yeah, not two thousands, but yeah, late nineties shit was happening. Anyway, I <laughs> that was a really bad explanation. Anyway, it was just a regular fucking nineties house party. If you were alive in the nineties and went to a house party, that's what it looked like. Uh, if you don't know what that looks like, it just looks like a regular house party, except everyone was dressed like fucking a mix between Kurt Cobain and and Eshe before Eshe's were Eshe's. Uh, we just like sportswear. That's just our generation. Go fuck yourselves. Um, anyway, I got to this party. My friend uh, gave me my very, very first uh, proper taste of, of marijuana. He gave me a very strong edible uh, cookie at the time. We all did our own baking. There was no, couldn't get fucking weed Skittles and all the crazy shit you kids have now. No, he, my mate just got like a half an ounce of weed and put it in, made it into butter and then, you know, bang, cookies. I don't know the recipe. Don't ask me. Anyway, he made the cookies. I had the cookie, kicked in, and then he uh, he kind of like, was like, oh, I reckon I can hook you up with this girl. And I was like, cool. So he introduces me to this girl, Anna, and me and Anna go into like the hallway where the cupboards are and we're chatting a little bit and then we, we kiss a little bit and I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. And um, it was like first like kind up with a girl at a party and we had a kiss and I mentioned her name's Anna uh, not Janelle uh, Jan- like I said Janelle comes later so me and Anna are kissing and it's it's really you know, strong feelings it's passion even for a 15 year old I could feel the passion with Anna but anyway the party goes on and Anna kind of disappears and she's doing whatever I end up on the trampoline uh, with a girl called Anne um Fuck, I should really not be using real names, but her last name's way funnier. I should have used her last name instead of actually using her first name. Anyway, Anne, Anne and Anna. Anna Anna was inside and Anne and me were on the trampoline and there was some other uh, kind of goth guy who was trying to uh, impress Anne by showing how deep his voice was and uh, which impressions he could do with his deep voice. And now, mind you, at 15, I sounded like this. I actually sounded like this at 10. Uh, at 10, I used to answer the phone uh, at home. I'd be like, hello. And the person at the other end of the phone would be like, hey, Mick, how are you going? You still coming down to the pub for the hookers and that? And I'd be like, I'll get my dad. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I sounded like this then. And uh, old mate try- tried to pull out Dr. Claw, uh, if you remember, for Inspector Gadget. Now, I have not warmed my voice up or anything. Uh, I'll have a sip of my water and I'll see if I can have a crack at this. But... This uh, Dr. Claw impression, uh, one and over. All right, here we go. I'll catch you next time, Gadget. Next time. So I did that and... Uh, and that is actually me doing it, not a button. Um, no, Joe did not find a button that you could just program. I just said his fucking name. Try and find me saying fuck in one episode of Inspector Gadget. Anyway, so it is me. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he lost. Uh, and then Anne wanted me to feel her pacemaker. Yeah, she had a pacemaker. She had a heart condition. Um, so Anne uh, got me to put my hand on her, on her chest, which was intimate. Uh, anyway, I put my hand on her chest and you could he- feel the fucking... It was like a fucking... Had a bat- it, it was like a watch battery in it you could fucking tick 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 you could hear it feel it ticking through her skin that was weird so we made out um and then like i don't really remember how i transitioned from the the trampoline 
to up the side of the house. But I did. Uh, that's what happened. Um, and uh, I don't remember much talk between me and Janelle, to be fair. Uh, we, did, we didn't talk much at all. Uh, we started kissing. Uh, she was obviously a bit older. All these girls were uh, you know, three or four years older than me. Uh, we, we, we were kissing against the, the wall. And uh, Janelle uh, un, un, unbuckled her McDonald's belt because th- they were the style at the time. To have a McDonald's belt when you didn't work at McDonald's was uh, quite the sign of honour. I don't know why. I think it was a skating thing. I don't remember. We all loved fucking those Macca's belts. Um, anyway, she unbuckled hers and undid her pants and I was like, oh, fuck, I'd, uh, boot, uh, I'd, mate, I'd, uh, I don't know what to do. But she was a, a generous... A lover and teacher of love so she grabbed my hand and she jammed it in her pants and I didn't really know what to do so I just kind of felt around and uh, f- figured things out uh, there seemed to be plenty of moisture so uh, in hindsight I was doing something right uh, but I definitely was not doing anything right at the same time in the same breath um, anyway that happened the party ended uh, I went back to my friend's house and the next morning I was greeted uh, in the driveway by three three, three women uh, named Anne, Anna and Janelle. And uh, they just came to fuck with me because they found out I'd kissed them all and I was a young lad and they just, just were like, let's fuck with this kid because they were all mates. Um, and they did fuck with me. I, I hid behind the couch. Uh, <laughs> and yes, I do, it was Limp Biscuit. Significant other had come out. So whenever the fuck that was, maybe 99. No, it wasn't 99. It might have been 98 going into 99. Anyway, uh, or early 99. Oh no, footy season was on. I played footy before I went to the party. And I was wearing a red uh, Wolfpack NWO t-shirt. So that kind of ties back to last yesterday with uh, Scott Hall. Thanks, uh, thanks to the Wolfpack for making me kiss three girls, have get stoned and finger a girl for the first time. I mean, I've got to put it down to NWO Wolfpack and uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Fuck it, why not? Um, but anyway, funny funny outcome of that story is I ended up uh, being in a relationship with Anna, the girl I kissed the first time I felt the passion for for, for four or five years. It was like my first relationship and uh, she cheated on me in the end and she probably should have. I was a fat piece of shit by that point. I was like 120 kilos. Uh, I thought I was getting muscly. I was not. I was getting fat as fuck. Uh, apparently eating KFC for every second meal uh, will not get you swole. Well, it'll swell you, but it won't get you swole. Uh, that's what I thought I was doing. I thought I was getting bigger, strong, and I was strong. I was just fat, strong. You know, it was about momentum and pushing shit over. But anyway, she left me uh, for a swimming instructor, and that's fine by me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did chase them up uh, uh, High Street in my, my VL one day and threatened to fucking crash into their car, but. That's a story for another time. Um, different time. It's never a different time to threaten to crash your car into another two people. But anyway, I did it. Uh, heartbreak's a motherfucker. Uh, but no, the funny thing is, uh, Annie, as I affectionately call, call her still, uh, Petal even, uh, she, she, she'd been in contact recently. We've uh, actually struck up quite the friendship. We went through a lot uh, as kids together. Uh because that's what we were. We were kids, even though you know she was eighteen or seventeen when I met her. We were kids. Uh, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Um, we had a lot of good times together, and a lot of a lot of pivotal moments in life. Um, you know, Anna was the the person that uh, told me that my 
was the one that had to break the news to me that my father died without breaking the news to me. Uh, it was the last episode of the first season of Survivor and I was coming up to the city on the, on the V-line bus from the country to visit my girlfriend who lived in Baldwin and the plan was to watch Survivor lay on the fold-out mattress and fucking eat chips or whatever the fuck you do when you're 16, 15, 18, whatever. It's going to be a nice weekend. Dirty weekend for some kids. Uh, some bongs, some Survivor and some sex. Anyway, I uh, took the like three-hour bus ride. I get to Spencer Street Station at the time, the old station with the beautiful mural and stuff inside that's been destroyed. Go fuck yourself, city of Melbourne. Um, we met her there and she was by the phones and she looked upset. I couldn't figure that out because I was 15. What do I know about women's emotional intelligence? But anyway, I she goes, we need to get back on the bus. And I was like, get fucked. I just got off a three-hour bus trip. We're watching Survivor and I am going to come. And she's like... <laughs> no, we need to get back on the bus and I can't tell you why. So I was like, fuck, all right. So we get back on the bus. Three hours go by again, fucking all the way back. And it wasn't until we got to my small country town that she actually started to break down and cry and I realised, oh, fuck, this is, this is real serious because I'm an idiot and it took me that whole three hours to actually realise that having to go back straight away probably means something bad. And uh, I, I went back, I walked into my bedroom and saw my, uh, my father's brother sitting on my bed and knew exactly what it um, she she was there. She stayed with me that night, and you know, uh, cared for me uh, while I stared at the roof. She just held me close. So uh, I can't imagine how tough that was for her. Um, as she has said numerous times, she can't imagine how tough it was for me either. But the fact that that uh, the weight of that responsibility was put on that eighteen year old girl's shoulders to bring a, a even younger man back to find out his father had died. Uh, is incredible and it's an incredible bond that you'll have with someone forever. So I'm very happy to uh, have Anna in my life as a friend. She is still funny. Uh, she is still beautiful. And uh, she has fucking dogs for babies because, I don't know, probably a, I probably ruined, ruined her uterus with my massive cock. So I had to end on a joke. It's a bad one, but fuck it. We've gone over the 20 minutes that I usually allocate for this. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow's my birthday, special birthday edition. Thanks for listening. This has been The Thousand Slam. The Thousand Slam, 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 Jimmy Jam, Bam Bam podcast. Yeah, fuck it, I'm tired. I, 11 hours sleep, but I still feel no better for it. <laughs>